Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DeGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to daily news digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have, they also have, finish, if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How-to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. We're good. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Okay, awesome. So hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. For tonight's podcast episode, we're actually going to be talking about the top 10 disappointing movies of 2008. And with me, I have Charlie with me again. Say hello to everyone. Hello, everybody. All right. So I know that you have some honorable mentions for the year in review for the positive ones that we've done. And yes. I only have maybe one movie out of the positive, so that I have not as an honorable mention. But I'm gonna let you do your list, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Alrighty. So I have uh, I have ten movies for uh, my honorable mentions. These are all I thought were entertaining. Okay. So number ten, I had the X Files. I want to believe. I had this on there. I'm a huge X Files fan. I enjoyed this movie for what it was. The only problem is, is it came out the week after The Dark Knight came out. So, again, the timing wasn't great. And then reviews weren't great for it. But I enjoyed it. It's just nice seeing Mulder and Scully back on the big screen. Because the last time they were on the... Because this was years after the show ended. And this took place after the show. So, I had that on there. I just... I enjoyed the movie. It was entertaining. It's not your typical X-Files. But it's Mulder and Scully. I mean, I mean, what's what's wrong? Nothing's wrong with that. (laughs) <laughs> All right. And um, go yeah, on. go ahead. Uh, let's see here. I actually have my. This is actually a Jason Statham film that I really enjoy a lot. And mm-hmm. I, it's 
it's right up there with Transporter if you actually think about it, right? Uh, you, yeah. Because I love the Transporter movies. I love Jason Statham as an actor whenever it comes down to just action films because there's not that many action stars now unless you look at The Rock or Jason Statham. Pretty much all the ones that we grew up with, or at least I grew up with in the 90s, is pretty much uh, getting older. Oh. Yeah. So whenever I'm thinking of a movie with Jason Statham, I'm always going to think of The Bank Job. And The Bank Job is a really great film, especially if you're into heist movies and things like that. The martial arts that Jason Statham uses in The Bank Job is really good. This is probably one of my favorite ones that I can actually revisit over and over again. Not saying that that I can't revisit The Transporter, because I actually do revisit the very first Transporter movie. But The Bank Job just has so many memorable things that actually happens. The way they actually go into the uh, banks, the way they're playing the heist, the way that they're actually... You can actually almost believe that you they can actually go into this bank, certain banks, and do the robberies and things like that. So that's what I have as my honorable mentions for the uh, for Jason Statham's the bank job. So what's your other honorable mention that you actually have for the positive side of things? Okay, so I got a, nine more. I'm just gonna list them and then we can discuss. Okay. Um, number nine, I have the movie uh, the the, the kind of like the. The sex comedy movie Sex Drive, which uh, with Seth Seth Green as a as a uh, uh, kind of like a sarcastic uh, Amish guy that's kind of like tricking guilt tricking people into fixing their cars, even though he's not a big pivotal part of the movie. He's hilarious in it. It's just this is one of those movies that my brother and I and his couple friends we'd always would watch because it's just it was just one of our mute same with Ferguson and Marshall we just were in the mood to watch it and we watched okay. it and then it's just it's just one of those movies um number eight I had the uh the video game adaptation of Max Payne starting the, from uh Mark Wahlberg and Mila Kunis um when I first watched it in theaters I was hyped for it and I was kind of disappointed however the more I watched it the more I actually enjoyed it and it was, it was just entertaining um um, did you have anything to say about that, or is that one of your least favorites? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go into that later on. <laughs> okay. um, I'm going to save oh, that for a little later. Okay, and here's another one that you're going to have you're going to go on for um, a little way on. At number seven, I had the Love Guru as an honorable mention. I enjoyed okay. this movie. Um, we it can uh, we can go into it more when the when just when you that. Um, and then number six, I had Get Smart with uh, Steve Carell and Halfway. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I mean, it was not what I expected. I mean, it's kind of cool seeing The Rock as a villain. The little plot twist there was kind of cool. I mean, it was. I never grew up watching this show, and it's just something I was like, it felt like watch. Like I saw it in the theaters, and I felt like it was entertaining. It was. It did what it had to do. It entertained. Um, is there? A, am I gonna like keep rewatching it? No, but I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Number um, five. Oh, go ahead. I want to touch on that just a minute. I did. I didn't watch the TV series at all either. It was ahead of my time, so yeah. I didn't even watch the rerun. So I don't have anything to actually go off of it. But no. I definitely love the facial expressions that Steve Carell actually has on that movie. Not only that, but I also remember the joke in the interrogation room about Chuck Norris with, with a baby gun. That part <laughs> alone makes me laugh every single time I see it. But I haven't revisited this revisit this film in a long time. Yeah, so it's been a while. Might, might be great to actually so, go back and refresh my mind on it, yeah. you know? But yeah. one, I remember just one, like, one, thing myself. Yeah. The <laughs> one line I really liked was uh, 
is when they're driving the car onto the golf course and then they they crash into a swordfish and and then I think Matt, uh, Steve Carell is like that and like it's like it's like Chief, are you okay? It's like or like or, or like um, are you thinking of the same thing? Are you thinking holy shit, holy shit? There's a swordfish that almost struck me in the face. Then yes, <laughs> I remember that line or the. Or the sequence where he's flying in the air and the mom and then the kids go like mom 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 it's like Sean 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 do you see how annoying that is? <laughs> I mean it had this, it, it did what it did it was entertaining it had some cool action sequences in it didn't think Steve Carell to be an action guy and there's some cool moments um so that was my number six uh, my number five I had the movie Doomsday what had um um something Rana Mitcha or whatever like that is it's one of those post-apocalyptic worlds or whatever and she was like she's tasked by the i think ben um bob hoskins is in it so essentially her, her job is to go into like into the, like this desolate area to to rescue like maybe like a, a government agent or something like that and her team but the people aren't really zombies but they're just like people that they just left behind i i remember this i mean one of the sequences that made me like laugh was like they're like they're testing out these automatic guns and a bunny is there so you see the bunny get obliterated by these machine guns it has some good action in it um i i can't think of the actress name she's been in a lot of stuff um i keep getting her and the girl from pitch black um get, oh, keep, I I keep getting, yeah i keep getting those two names mixed up Again, it was a it was a pretty cool action movie. It had a lot of good action sequences in it, and it's it's brutal. But it was like definitely when um, Rogue was still f- like a film production company. Um, so that was my number five. My number four is the comedy The Rocker, which had uh, which starred Rain Wilson. Yep. Um, this movie I caught on very late, but when I watched it, I'm like, oh my god, some of these big people were in this movie. I mean, you got Josh Gad. Emma Stone, a very young Emma Stone, um, probably at, like maybe not too much long after uh, su- um, Super Bad, but you had him, right. you had Will Arnett, Bradley Cooper was in this movie, Fred Armisen was in this movie, um, um, mainly uh, Will Arnett, Bradley Cooper, and Fred Armisen, they played the rival um, Vesuvius, the, the rival yep. band that Rain Wilson was a part of, and I was like seeing the movie, I'm like, holy crap, Bradley Cooper's in this movie, that's like like that and then you know christina um applegate was in this too so it was one of the it was just entertaining it's funny i mean it's typically you don't typically see dwight do this type of movie so it was just interesting but it's just one of those ones that was just entertaining i I remember it but just hearing the cast in this movie it was like wow this is this was a good movie it's just one of those underrated ones that just flew under the radar essentially (laughs) It really is underrated if you actually think about it, though, man. Um, I didn't see this in theaters or anything like that. I was kind of late to the party a little bit as well for myself. But I remember on one of those streaming sites back when they were really popular, if you remember, you had like ch131.com where you can actually watch movies and stream movies for free Uh, and things like that. One of my friends and I watched it, and Mm -hmm. uh, I remember just laughing my butt off on it. Like, yeah, if you watch it, if you watch it now, if you actually think about it, the film is kind of outdated because they even had like a MySpace party for the band. <laughs> so it's like MySpace is no longer even valid no. anymore. No. So th- I have to laugh at that. And everything was like, well, so much, Tom. We actually got rid of you for Facebook instead. 
But yeah, I thought that was I thought the um, a couple of other funny parts though I liked was when the mother of on the van and everything on the bus she goes you just need to go ahead and take it easy he goes okay Eagles just calm down now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I yeah, also liked like it because one of the, yeah one of the huh? studio music producers was the comedian Dimitri Martin, and at that time he was really funny because I he had a show in Comedy Central called Important Themes with Dimitri Martin. He's just funny, and now he's known as a. Uh, Ice Bear from on uh, We Bear Bear, so it's just it's just funny seeing him. That I mean, it's it, it's just one of those entertaining movies. It was like that, and but it's just funny seeing these young like jo- Josh Gad and Emma Stone. They're pretty big now, but at the time they weren't. You know, holy right. crap, they were in this movie. <laughs> and Jane right, Lynch, of course, that. was in. It, so. <laughs> um, all right, my next one, my number three, I had Pineapple Express with Seth Rogen yeah. and James Franco. Um, this was entertaining. I liked it. It was just funny. It's just, and then this, like, seeing, um, Ken, I think Ken John was in this. I'm not 100% sure if he was or not, but it was just one of those movies. It was just classic Seth Rogen and James Franco, and it was just entertaining. Um, I, I liked those two guys, and I thought the sequence with his leg through the windshield, and the windshield didn't break, and here he's driving the car for it. Again, it's been a and it, the opening sequence was hilarious. Where it was like some guy's smoking weed and he's funny and like we need to make it illegal. And then is and then um, I think Amber Heard was in this movie. I think she was the 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 teen the high schooler that Seth Rogen was dating. Um, I think yeah, I think she was in this movie. But uh, but of course Seth Seth Rogen is the lawyer that comes like you just got you just got served and all the outfits he, he was wearing just to serve right. people. I mean, I, I I remember this came out in two thousand eight. I enjoyed it. I mean, and then some of the action the action sequences were pretty cool. Um, and then it's it's just it was interesting. And and it was like first time I saw Craig Robinson in a movie was that. And it was just he it, Franco and. The uh, Rogan when they when they hit some good stuff, they're 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 really good. But I, I enjoyed yeah. Pineapple Express. All right. Um, my number two, I had the Incredible Hulk. Um, with the uh, the Ed Norton, I enjoyed this. Um, it was entertaining. It was like it was a lot better than the two thousand and three with the whiny Eric Bana. Um, it All was right. it did what it needed to do. It, it set up the MCU or helped set up the MCU. So I. I enjoyed that. And then um, my number one of 2008 is another Jason Statham flick, Death Race. With, uh, oh, yeah. I forgot that came out. And, Death and Race, so yeah. So, Sean, here's that uh, here's that one movie I told you on our Facebook chat that I was like the Jason Statham movie I was going to mention. It's Death Race. <laughs> this was just – this was awesome. Real, I yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, and had a, a pretty good cast in it. You had a good director did it. I mean, Paul W. S. Anderson, he, he's known for doing these types of movies. I mean, it's just it was it's, it, it did what it did. I mean, it had a pretty good cast. I mean, getting Joan Allen as the vindictive warden or whatever, and then you had the the wise old man Ian McShane in it as the uh, as one of the the crew the pit crew guys, and he's like. The sequence I just love the most is when when she's like she's vindictive, she's gonna blow up his car, and then and then when they see the see the, the tire already taken off, it's like oh she ain't gonna be happy about this. Like no one messes with my with my car. I mean it's just, <laughs> and then of course Tyrese Gibson, and then the, the funny gig is that he doesn't have women with him is because they die all the time. <laughs> 
That's funny. I actually like, to be honest with you, I love this movie. It had enough cheesiness for it. The stunt work yeah. was really good. Um, it was, it was believable. Yeah, yeah, it's a apocalyptic kind of film, though, too, as well, because remember, the workers are actually getting laid off. I know. Thing. Jason Statham gets yeah. laid off, gets framed for a crime that he didn't commit, and now no. he's doing time, and the only way to actually get out of prison is to do those death races, supposedly. Yeah. That's how you actually get off, but it's just a repetitive program where it's like you're never going to get out. If you want turn no. out to be one of their top stars whenever it comes down to racing, you're not going to get out of that prison. But I really like this movie. I really liked it a lot. Uh, I, I matter of yeah. fact, I actually own this on DVD. A matter of fact, so I did. Um, I saw this. Um, I, I saw this before. Like, I because I, I knew this came out. I didn't know Jason Statham was in it. And then I watched him like, oh wow, Statham's in it. Cool. So that kind of that, and then and then like, and then him being being like just knowing him as the transporter, him being behind any car. I just know he's gonna do some some cool stunts because. I hope that was him that did the stunts for the transport because him driving that car is just phenomenal. And then it's and then it's just and then the funny thing is I watched some of the prequels before that led up. I think one of them actually led into this one a little bit. Like like the the the, the new warden is taken over and there's an image of Joan Allen's character from this one. I'm like, oh, that's how they set it up. So I mean. Again, it it did what it did. It was entertaining. It had Jason Statham in it. Um, like I said, it had to be a number my number one. It was just it was just awesome. Okay. All right. So now, now we're now, oh, oh, go on. Now now we can get into the worst. <laughs> okay. So now we're getting into our disappointing movie list. So I'm gonna go first with my number ten, and that and okay. that's gonna be Max Payne. I just didn't okay. care for this movie. I was excited for it whenever they said Mark Wahlberg was going to be in this movie. Oh, the visual yeah. effects actually looked good. It was going to be yeah. different from the actual Max Payne video game, which I didn't mind. But I didn't. I thought they might actually still use aspects from the Max Payne video game. Yeah. But it was more of the line of using on a narcotic drug mm-hmm. and everything, using it in that type. And his wife yeah. does wind up dying. But they didn't use that as the story arc. They used it as like a side piece and just him investigating this whole entire deal where he's actually investigating this narcotic drug and that's it. There's nothing to the video game arc where he's seeking revenge on the people that were responsible for his wife's death. And that's something that I was totally let down on. And yeah, I mean, when I saw the yeah, yeah, when I saw the trailer, I was hyped for this movie. It looked awesome. Because I remember playing the video games, and I love the video games, and that's what I really think they need to do, like to bring it, bring those games back for the next gen. Is uh, what Rocksteady or whatever bring these games back? Because I'm I'm tired of playing them on like I just bought them on Steam for like oh, a bunch of like for like not much money, but it's just I want these games back in this current gen because I think they do a great job with the enhanced graphics, like redo the graphics because that would look like insane, but. Again, I was hyped for the movie. Again, when I first saw it, I was disappointed because it wasn't what I was expecting. But the more I, I'm like, I actually own it. Um, the more I watch it, I'm like, okay, it's it's got redeemable qualities. It, it, it's Mark, Mark Wahlberg is great. Um, again, the some aspects I didn't care for. I didn't care about the whole Valkyrie thing about seeing these winged things and like how they killed Alex was kind of a downer. Mm-hmm. But some of the some of the action sequences were, was pretty cool. 
I mean, I thought Mila Kunis was pretty pretty badass as um, mm-hmm. as Mona Sachs. And I was hoping at the end of the movie they teased that they're gunning for the chick. And I think it would, it would have been set up for the second movie, but that never happened. But some of the actions was good. Um, like I said, the slow motion sequence of him jumping backwards with the shotgun, that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Um, we got at good aspects. I mean, I had to put it as an honorable mention. It wasn't going to be my top, but I mean, I enjoyed it. I liked, I liked the, the, the some of the, I liked new Kunis and I liked Mark Wahlberg, but could have been better. Absolutely. But Definitely. I enjoyed it. And also too, this was like our introduction to the judge gun as well. Like when the judge yeah. judges were first coming out. Because I remember yeah. one of my friends and I stopped in the film. was like, wait, 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 wait. What was that? What kind of gun is that? And just trying to zoom in on the gun mm-hmm. and everything. And I thought that was actually pretty cool with the judge. And then another thing, too, is like you said, when the woman is actually escaping, that could have set up for the second one. Because remember, in the video game, it was the same way. It was done in that same yeah. context. Yeah. So they could have actually oh, no. easily done that. Yeah. Or the sequence okay. where him and the... Uh him in the uh in the office in slow motion running like running in slow running in slow motion shooting while like while these the SWAT guys are I thought that sequence was pretty sweet and then the hit way he jumped and shot the door just to roll roll out I mean like I thought that was like I said I had the when they did the action when it wasn't all frantic it was some pretty good stuff I think it's just the stories what kind of fell flat a little bit because I think Mark Wahlberg was perfect for Max Payne I just think they just they didn't do it justice, and that's what I think they need. They either need to do another movie, as well as reboot the games in the sense that keep the same story but is enhance the graphics. Right, I can see that. All right, so what do you have for your number ten? All right, my number ten. I had the movie Street Kings with uh, Keanu Reeves, um, Hugh Hugh Laurie. I think was in it. I think Forrest Whitaker was in it. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, Chris Evans was in it. Again, when I saw this movie, I was like, it was like, wasn't what I expected. It was a lot of corruption, and then I actually just wanted to see Keanu. Just like the only reason I watched it was for Keanu Reeves. To be honest, I mean, it's just seeing him as a cop, seeing him like is like 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 I said, I wanted to see him do justice, and it is. I think the overall execution is like again, I don't remember this movie. I just remembered Keanu was in it, and I just remember I didn't like it. That's why I I, I but. I thought it was disappointing. Right. And I forgot that movie came out in 2008. I was sold on the whole aspect of the corruption with the police department. I was sold on the whole ga- This was going to be a gangster movie as well with Keanu Reeves. But the delivery yeah. and the execution behind the plot was a major miss. Mm-hmm. Um, even whenever you, they actually, towards the end of it, whenever you actually discover all the drug money being buried in the wall and they yeah. turn that wall apart, that didn't really wow me. I, I really felt let down with it, especially with the action sequences weren't as good as I was expecting. No, I was just killing off Chris so Evans the way they did. I mean, I, I didn't expect them to kill off Chris Evans that way, and I, I didn't think he was going to die in it, but the way he did. Spoiler alert, everybody. <laughs> um, but I think the one line I do like was I think they, they try to stop a perp, uh, a perp named Quicks, and he slipped in the barbed wire. And he goes, what's your name, Quicks? Well, obviously, you weren't quick enough. <laughs> right. So they did try to use a little bit of 90s cheesy dialogue in this film yeah. as well. Um, but the one-liners. Again, I was expecting more because I'm a huge... Ke- I mean, there's very few movies with Keanu that I've been disappointed in. I think this one, 
it wasn't on him. I think it was just Mary everything else. I agree. I, I think it was just the course direction, the script, the writing was the main problem with it. But other than that, though, yeah. it was it wasn't a good movie at all. I was I was let down with it as well. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to touch with Street Kings or? No, again, I don't remember it. <laughs> I okay. just remember who was in it and why I didn't like it. <laughs> okay, so my number nine is going to be Don't Mess with the Zohan, which is an Adam Sandler movie produced by yeah, Happy Madison. And I had high hopes that this movie was going to be really good and everything. I walked up because here's the thing I remember going into the movie theaters expecting to laugh. Mm-hmm. And then my expectations as this movie's being played out and the over-the-top comedy of it all and everything mm-hmm. was not something I was expecting in it at all. Because it doesn't really show you the over-the-top stuff until you get into the theater. And what I mean by mm-hmm. the over-the-top stuff, I'm talking about like when, for example, Adam Sandler juggling and all of a sudden catches a fish with his ass. Or he's actually... Uh, going through windows and doing different various of things and stuff like that. That was just too over the top. I also didn't um, care for this as much. Even the cameos felt forced with Rob Schneider as well. And when he, Usually whenever you have a Rob Schneider a cameo, it's usually funny. But yeah. it's not. It's definitely not one of those films that I found hilarious at all. Then, of course, if you don't know what Don't Mess With The Zohan is, he doesn't want to be an assassin anymore or anything like that. No. He wants to be a hairdresser. He wants to cut hair because that's actually his passion. And then, of mm-hmm. course, he winds up banging old ladies and stuff like that in the... <laughs> in he bangs the... Um, mom. <laughs> yeah, he bangs the, uh, this one dude's mom and then he winds up banging these old ladies in the uh, beauty salon and stuff like that. This movie... <laughs> Right, it's definitely not that great. And then also, too, he keeps making the it's the same repetitive jokes over and over again, especially when it has to do with his pubic hair, because his, his pubic, yeah. pubic hair is actually what this movie is not good. I just didn't care for it. No, I, I, I saw this in the theaters um, when it came out. I when I saw it in theaters, I enjoyed it at the time because I thought it was, I, I didn't see this before. It was something I wanted to check out. I thought the opening action sequence was actually pretty cool i'm like oh okay and then then the rest of the movie ha- and like i said the first time i watched it i enjoyed it and then when my sister kept watching it over and over and over again i'm like god this movie sucks i'm like i was like this is like one-time viewing is all you really need for this because then and then it gets this really annoying and repetitive i mean i've seen better adam sandler movies where i can watch over again and it doesn't get old this one got old like after the first viewing, it got old, and it's just like, and then the stuff just did. A lot of it just didn't make sense, and it's just it was just like that, and then it's just at the like I said when it came out in two thousand eight, I enjoyed it. Now, no, like I, it's not on my worst list, but it might have been. Okay, so what do you have for your number nine? All right, my number nine, I got Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I got okay, this so one on I'm- there. Let's see. I'm actually going to let you take that one because I thought I put that one on there, but there was just some other movies uh, that I was actually disappointed in, so I'm going to let you go on ahead. Alright, um, like I said, I saw, like my mom is a huge Indiana Jones fan, and we were like, it was like a Sunday after church or whatever, like, let's go to the movies. So we decided to go see Crystal Skull, and this is the first Indiana, this is the first Indiana Jones movie I watched. 
at the time when this came out. And this is the first one I saw in theaters. Um, again, at the time, I enjoyed it. I thought it was that. But then again, when you look back on it, the whole alien thing was kind of weird. Like, and then the Shia LaBeouf character, how they kind of try to have him set up. And at the time, Shia was, he, he was in his stardom. And then, and then now, now everything's falling apart. I don't know. I think I was like, like I said, it just this was just dis- wasn't worst. It was just disappointing because I was right. expecting a lot more from it. Um, I'm really excited for the Bethesda video game, Freenia Jones, which I think is going to be awesome. Um, because it's the first time you actually have a vi- like a big video game by a big production company or gaming company. So that one's something to look. And it's supposed to be open world. Um, then again, like I said, I mean, I'm interested how they're going to finish this. Because they're are, they're already confirming that they're going to be doing another one with Harrison Ford, but right. I'm interested how they're going to finish it again. Because I've been this is this one is one of those ones that's got a chance to be bad because they waited too long. I, I agree. Know, I was just on ever that. disappointed. Yeah, yeah. But the whole entire alien aspect and everything else, they were trying something different. Because don't forget. They were de- we were dealing with Nazis in the last couple of films and everything. So it was like, okay, what do we go from here? How do we make this thing fresh? What do we do? And then they're like, you know what? I felt like that guy from the History Channel goes, aliens. Aliens, man. Yeah. So I was thinking, so, and then also too, Shia was at the stardom and everything, and they wanted him to be the one who takes the reins. Which actually made sense, because back then Shia was actually starting out. He was actually on top of everything. He's actually starting to make a comeback now, and stuff like that with his career, so I'm actually proud of him for that. But during that time and everything, I wouldn't have mind seeing a young Indiana Jones like Shia LaBeouf taking those reins, Mm -hmm. but that was only if the success of the movie was really good. This movie is just horrible. Hardly well-directed, hardly well-done, the dialogue was really bad. It was all, even the runtime was too long for me. Yeah, and then the, the grandfather or something like that get involved, and I was like, I don't know what they're doing with that. And then the former love interest from the first movie is back in this one, which I think that was kind of cool. Um, being that I like the later on, like I when I was in college, I watched Raiders of the Lost, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, and that was. Like at the time, that was PG to see how violent that was for a PG movie. It was actually pretty cool. But then again, the overall execution of this, I mean, some of the action sequences was, was cool, but just the overall direction, the plot, didn't, and then like the, again, Kate Planchette is a weird, like with a weird accent. It just didn't really add up. To, it, right. It's not really going to add up to this day. All right. So with that being said, I just want to go on ahead and tell you guys something. Today's episode is actually brought to you by the NBA store. And if I actually had to choose one horrible movie that would actually be for the NBA store and what character it would be, it would be Zohan. And the jersey I would actually choose from is the New York Knicks. And just because of the fact that they haven't won a single game in a long ass time is one of those reasons why I would actually pick that. Now, here's the thing, guys. Okay, so New Year brings the new. Well, here's the thing: then a new year brings the start of a new NBA season. Suit up with the latest gear to show your support for your team. We may be blindsided from going to the arena, but that doesn't mean you can't watch basketball from your couch and style. We are teaming up with the NBA and Pago 
to bring our listeners up to 75% on select items. Yes, you heard that right. Go to podgo.co forward slash NBA for up to 75% off on select items from the NBA store. The NBA store is where amazing things happen. All right, so now we're going back to my list. Um, For me, my number eight, is actually going to be called, was actually One Missed Call. Oh, okay. I've heard of it, and I've seen trailers yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, I went to the movie theaters to see this movie. As a matter of fact, a couple of my friends and I were aboard, and we decided to go to this little cheap um, movie theater and everything. And we went on ahead and saw One Missed Call. And if you guys don't know what Missed Call is, basically, if you missed their call, you wind up dying the next day. So it was like <laughs> one of those repetitiveness horror movies that you would actually get from like the ring and things like that, because they were always trying to copy what the ring did during that time Mm -hmm. in the early two thousands and nothing could actually touch the ring at that time. And to me, the acting was really bad. It was really cliche. It was paint by the numbers kind of cheap uh, scares that we got that you would actually get in the early two thousands to make you think that it's scary when it's actually not scary. This movie wasn't for me at all, but the people that I was with, they loved it. But me, on the other hand, I walked out like a sad clown wishing that I didn't even pay money to go see this movie. But, you know, I was just as disappointed with that film. So it seems like it's one of those movies that would hate working at a movie theater. There's cheap PG-13 horror movies because you know people are going to like like that in where they're going to cause a disruption. I worked a right. bunch of those. This one was this. This sounds like it's that. I mean, I think it was a reboot of like an old one in the old, like another one of those. Oh, we we gotta re we gotta redo it for this generation. And sometimes it works, other times it doesn't. I mean, it's I think for the for the sake of rebooting it, for the sake of rebooting it, that. But if you're like if, if you're that was your goal, I don't, I don't think it really worked out. But if your goal was to maybe get a new audience, then yeah. Maybe, but then again, like I said, it doesn't work for all the horror movies. Like I said, it's it works some of the times. Other times, it fails. Right. Okay, so what do you have on yours for your number eight? Ah, my number eight. Juan Masalas. Yeah. Okay. I have that as my yeah. number two, so I'm just going to go on ahead and let you go first, and then after that, I'll go on ahead okay. and talk about that. Uh, yeah, um, it was like it came out like it was over Thanksgiving weekend, and my dad and my sister and I were like, "All right, what do you want to see?" So it's either down to Transporter Three or Quamasalis. I chose Quamasalis, thinking, "Oh, okay, this is a continuation of Casino Royale." I figured it might be entertaining. Oh man, I was I so disappointed with this movie. A the runtime way too short for a Bond movie. This is maybe an maybe almost an hour and a half, hour and forty for me. For a Bond movie to be good, it's got to be two hours for me. Yeah. I just felt it like, again for an hour and forty minutes. It felt rushed. Like it seemed like everything I saw in the trailer was the best part. I mean, Daniel Craig did what he could with this one, and then it, the, the the odd thing is nothing really came from this movie. I called it was a filler movie to like the next yeah. one because there's nothing from this movie that I can think of that either brought back up in either Skyfall, which was the superior one out of the Daniel Craig so far, or Spectre, and how, like, and then, like, nothing from this movie ended up. Yeah, they kept saying Vesper, 
But then again, I'm like, Vesper died in and then that one, I figured it was going to be, instead of what I, we got, I figured it would be more methodical, more like, right. Bop. This was, and then the action was kind of cool, but I had more t fun playing the video game of Kwamasalas than I did watching this movie. And I guess everybody keeps saying, if you watch, uh, watch, uh, you got to watch Kwamasalas immediately after Casino Royale, it might help the experience. But again, I was very disappointed with this movie. It's just, and then the Bond girl was just wasn't really a Bond girl. And then the one girl he slept with, they they kind of did their old Goldfinger like that. But instead of gold, they put oil over her. Like she, like her body was ingested with oil. And it's just, I mean, it's just, it felt like a filler movie. And and it's like it shouldn't have been a filler movie. It should have been like a a, a, a better movie. It, overall, it was just. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I'm so glad we I have the other ones. I mean, unfortunately, I couldn't buy the other Bond movies in 4K separately, so I got this in 4K because I got the collection for 40 bucks for 4K all them together. When it's like, I mean, it's fine if I watch Casino Royale, I'll watch Quam right after, maybe helping the experience, but this one was just, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, with me, on the other hand, with Quantum Solace, I was hyped up, especially from seeing like you with Casino Royale, because I saw Casino Royale in theaters. And I love a good, po you know me, I, I ended up saying this on the last show and everything whenever it came to the movie 21, I love a good movie when it's built around a poker table, especially mm -hmm. whenever it's James Bond doing it. And mm -hmm. coming off from the hype of the very first film, of the success of the very first film for Casino Royale for Daniel Craig, and then him entering in on Quantum Solace, you're expecting the same kind of formula. You're expecting this movie to be good. You're expecting a two-hour runtime. You're expecting yeah. the Bond girls to actually show up and do their thing. And instead, it was just a very drawn-out movie that didn't go anywhere. Um, as far as them mentioning it, not mentioning anything else, I think they wanted to just to ignore all the problems that they had with Quantum Solace. And concentrated yeah. on stuff that wasn't continuity within that film. And there's yeah. a saying, continuity, spontaneity. So yeah. you can ignore everything that happened in that last film and then focus on the other two films that you actually have in hand. This movie is definitely not one of those films that I really would actually put in my pantheon of Bond films. That's for sure. No, so, no. Yeah. and it's just, it's just like, it seems like the last two Bonds, like Pierce Brosnan had a bad movie like but he didn't do it the sec i mean the sec tomorrow never dies had its moments but i could see where it's starting to go bad and cheesy then you had the world is not enough which was just like christmas comes early and it's just like this yeah. and there's any windows and it's this felt forced and like that's when it started to go bad and i was worried with what daniel craig did because i was worried that it was going to start going that route but then Skyfall hit, and Skyfall was, like, Oscar-worthy compared to this. Right. I mean, Skyfall was just amazing. Right, and I think, to be honest better. with you, I was on a different spectrum whenever you were talking about, you were thinking that it might go down the Paris Brosman rabbit hole of it being yeah. cheesy. But I was like, no, nah, I don't see Daniel Craig actually going down that barrel. No. But the simple fact was, is they carry... Because here's the thing. They casted somebody that was actually going to be a total badass for Star Wars. And he was. 
And that was a total different yeah. um, way of actually telling a Bond story. So the mm-hmm. tone and text in that last one was like, eh. Then they wound up making it a lot more serious in the other two films. So yeah. I kind of figured, okay, this is just a little small hiccup that they had with the second one because they didn't know exactly how they actually wanted to build from that mm-hmm. last because it went to Santa Royale. So this is just a little hiccup. They're going to be right back yeah. to bringing us something more serious. That's just my outlook yeah. of what I was thinking. When I saw that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised about how great, I mean, once I saw the trailer for Skyfall, I was like, okay, this is, now we're going, now this is where we're going, and you got a great director, You and then I think this, this, the direction from where that one ended up, and heck, a lot of people hated Spectre. I enjoyed Spectre. I thought Spectre was great. Yeah. I mean, Spectre is the one movie that has the world's largest Guinness World Record for world's largest explosion in a movie, and that was from Spectre. And like I said, I mean, Spectre had it. Yeah, sure, it has flaws, but it was damn well entertaining. And like I said, and what's from Spectre, I'm, I'm, I want to watch that again before No Time to Die comes out because I think No Time to Die is gonna be a, it, like I think it's gonna be a great movie. I think it's gonna like the only outlier of this whole Daniel Craig will be Quamasalis, and that that that, and I I think that's that one's gonna be true because I think what from the way that it's been trajecting. Something's gonna happen, and it's gonna be big. And it's like, I mean, why go out with a bang? And um, but Quamasalis right. is terrible. I agree with you. But uh, if we ever go in ahead and talk about Spectre, I'm actually gonna talk about that later. <laughs> I'm gonna hold off on that, that one. With that was that's oh. that came out in 2015, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was 2015. Yeah. All right, so my next one is actually going to be my number seven, which is Cloverfield. I have that as my disappointing list because of the fact, number one, I'm not into found footage type movies, but what made me interested in seeing this film from the get-go was the uh, the – now, here's the thing. The PA on this thing, the uh, department did a very good job of promoting this film because we had no, no idea what this movie was even about. Or anything like that. We were all curious about what attacked the Statue of Liberty. What threw the head of the Statue of Liberty into that whole entire street and everything. And that's what made us go out and see this film. Because we were kind of curious about what we were going to be seeing. Then once we actually went into the theaters and everything. It was found footage. The scenes were too dark. You didn't really get to see the monsters like we wanted to. Then finally we get to see some bad CGI of what the monster looked like during the daytime. And then it cuts off with the uh, cuts to black. This movie was not the greatest film whenever you look at the very first Cloverfield movie or anything like that. And that's not just me just saying the fact with the fact that it's found footage. It's because of the whole entire thing. Some of the scenes were way too dark. I couldn't really see anything. Then, of course, you also have uh, this, the bad CGI. But I, hey, I have to admit, the marketing for it was really good. So that's one of the positives I can actually say. There are some good trailers that I've seen to bad movies and some good bad trailers I've seen for good movies. So it varies on different ways that you actually view a trailer. So what did you think of Cloverfield? I didn't see it. It, it okay. seemed like one of those horror movies like or something that just didn't interest me. And I was like, okay. I knew of it. I just It just didn't interest me. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so what's your number seven? All right. Um, I think this movie came out in 2008. At least according to this counter read, I had the Hurt Locker as my number seven. Um, 
I didn't like it. I mean, like I said, this is like, again, I'm not a huge Catherine Bigelow fan. I've seen um, a lot of her, her stuff she's done and she just doesn't really impress me. Like I didn't like point break, but I liked the chemistry between Swayze and Keanu Reeves. I liked that aspect for it. And that was the only redeemable quality. The action was okay, but it just overall, I just, I just didn't like it. I didn't like that. And then the Hurt Locker, it's just Anthony Mackie. And then I was like, I don't know. I don't remember this movie as much. I just know there was a lot of hype for it. And it was coming out around Oscar time. It was going up against James Cameron's Avatar, who who was at Catherine Bigelow's ex. And I was watching it. I just wasn't really impressed, honestly. I mean, like, and then again, I wasn't really into the, into the Oscar movies until like years later. And I watched this like years later. And it's just... From what I saw, I wasn't really impressed. And it's like, I've seen, if I if I want to watch a war movie, in a sense, like, this was a different type of war movie, but if I want to watch, I'd watch either Saving Private Ryan or, like, or another one. But it just, I don't know, this one just fell flat for me. And, again, I'm not okay. a huge Catherine Bigelow fan. You see, um, with The Hurt Locker, I thought the, the movie was decent, but not enough to say that was a letdown or whatever. Because it yeah. has some entertainment qualities, of course. You know, it has Jeremy Jeremy Renner in this film mm-hmm. uh, that we that we didn't get that we won't get to see him play Hawkeye until years later. But you know, I thought it was an interesting comedy because uh, kind of that feel to it because mm-hmm. it does have some comedy aspects to it as well. But it's one of those movies I'm gonna have to revisit again because I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't really have the scenes really fresh in my mind on what I've seen. I don't either. I just remember it came out in '08 and I didn't like it. That's how I had okay. this on my list. <laughs> okay, so the next one I have, which is my number six, would be The Love Guru. This is also a film that Mike Myers actually made. Reti- Matter of fact, he retired from filming after this. And a matter of fact, he made his appearance in *Glorious Bastards* in 2010. Mm-hmm. Whenever that movie He's came also out, in, uh, *Bohemian Rhapsody*. Yeah, but you know, Let's with the love there, guru, yeah. right? Yeah, but with the love, with the love guru though, he retired for a while. He didn't even want to do any movies after that because his movie bombed at the box office, and. You know, I love when he plays other characters and things like that. They even had the guy who played uh, Mini-Me in this movie as well. Mm-hmm. This movie just doesn't work out as well. Some of the jokes are not hit and miss as well, and everything, too. I just remember renting this from on DVD and just feeling sorry for myself that I even touched this film. But I'm glad I'm also that I didn't go out and see this movie and then I went on ahead and saw something else instead. So it's a win-win situation, I guess if you would say. But the Love Guru is definitely not a film that I uh, that I would actually recommend to anybody. I'm the opposite. I saw this in the theaters. I saw this with my mom and my sister and brother. This this movie just again. I have that weird sense of humor. I thought this was hysterical. Like I loved Justin Timberlake's the goalie because this was the first movie I saw with Justin Timberlake. Like holy crap. Justin Timberlake's funny because I always saw him as, oh, he's the pretty boy dancer, singer. When I saw him right. as this, I'm like, oh, okay, he's funny. Like, I mean, his name is Jacques Lecoq Grande. I mean, and then it was like, all right, and then everybody's so fascinated with his junk. And he's like, this interview's over. And he takes off his towel and you see the, the anchor is like, damn. 
Again, I thought this was hysterical. I mean, like the 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 one scene there in the car with uh with uh the uh, the the uh I forgot um his name, but anyway, they're in the car and you hear Bohemian Rhapsody play, and he's like, "Oh no, gotta change it." I mean, that. <laughs> I mean, the other moment I loved was in the bar sequence was Daniel Tosh's only appearance. He was the uh the guy the 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 guy with the hat that was starting the fight, and he goes. Um, it's like, and he's like, uh, and then he goes, Oh, I had a hat like that once. Then my mom got a job. And then his line is like, I mean, I need to shove these love beats somebody special. I mean, I just, just remember Daniel Tosh was in this was funny. I just, I love this movie. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's like, it's gotta be an honorable mention. And then it's just, it's just some of the, just some of the funny, like this, the, the funny, like, like forced humor. It was like, Oh, do you want to, uh, Hey, does someone eat the Quebec pizza? You know, it's the pop tart with the ketchup, you know, like in the porno. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, I just thought it was hysterical. I mean, I enjoyed it. It's one of those ones that's on I'll watch. And it's, it's, it, and then the Daniel Tosh appearance. And it's just like the, the, some of the forced lines. It was like, it's like, I saw a joke. It was, it was like it was a, I was in the like the bathroom of a, a, of this gas station and he goes the joke is in your hand and then and then when he gets the joke and it's just it's just, I don't know it's just this was just the type of movie I enjoyed and it's just I that's why I had it as an honorable mention but this Timberlake's uh, character like Timberlake's uh, Jacques Lecoq Grande him being a big Celine Dion fascination it's just. I loved it. I enjoyed it. Is it in my top movies of all time of the best 2008? No. Honorable mention. I figured it was fine for it. And then John Oliver was in it as just like his his power hungry uh, attorney or lawyer or the uh, and then him showing off all the uh, him doing the acronyms was pretty funny. And of course the uh, the Law and Order night with Mariska Hagetik, and that's the fiend that they say or like his saying Mariska Hagetik, and it's the same actress that plays. In Law and Order, again, I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> okay. So, what do you have for your number six? Uh, my number six, The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Oh, okay. Yeah, this movie was. Yeah, this movie was garbage. <laughs> this, like, I mean, you just knew this movie had bad news written all over it when the same actress Rachel Weisz did not return as Evie for this movie. Like. I think she either, like, I don't know the full details, but she must have read the script. It's like, wow, this is bad. And then he, they completely take Evie out of the equation and they put Maria Bello in as some other chick. And it's like, I don't even know if she was Evie or not. I mean, it's it was pretty sad that they put Jet Li in this because I love Jet Li. He's a great actor or a great martial arts guy. And to have him as the bad guy in it, I mean... He played a way better bad guy in Lethal Weapon 4 than he did in this one. It's just, it just felt forced. It felt unnecessary. Um, it didn't didn't really make sense. I don't know why they decided to continue moving on. I thought they ended it perfectly at the end of The, the, the Mummy Returns, which is a fantastic movie. Then this happened, and it kind of ruined The Mummies. I mean, because you see what happened with the Tom Cruise one. They tried to do reboot the mummy and look what happened. Yeah. Another failure. Again, and you see, I don't know why. You see, this movie would have actually been on my list, but there was something else in the way of me of it making my list. Because this movie is, I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't see this movie in theaters. My brother-in-law actually owns this movie. So I saw this at his house and everything. And okay. 
there's a part in where Brandon Fraser's actually driving through the city. The steering wheel is not turning. I was like, and I'm like, this is just horrible. This does not feel realistic to me. The acting is really bad. Then on top of that, Edie's not, the original character, like you mentioned, is not in there. They gave her, matter of fact, they actually changed her character into another character and stuff like that. No mention of what happened to her at all. Just opening, hoping that we wouldn't even notice basically what they were hoping for and to ignore no. the continuity within the first two films and then play off of that. And then, of course, Jet Li, like you mentioned, was a total missed opportunity as well because he could have actually been a great mummy. Matter of fact, I was actually thinking he was going to probably shapeshift into like a uh, dragon or something like that because I was actually looking forward to something maybe something mystical, something a little bit different that we haven't seen because I like the fact that they were going outside the realm and they were going into the Chinese-Japanese culture and going mm -hmm. down that route. And I was like, okay, this could be actually interesting. This could actually work. And then it just was a pile of cow dung, basically. Yeah. And it just sucks. Yeah. Like, if Rachel Weiss had been in this and they kept Evie, maybe could have been, like, I, I might have enjoyed it more. But the girl, the actress that they replaced her with and they got rid of the whole Evie name... It just she's just annoying. She didn't do anything. She didn't add to the character. I mean, Rachel Weisz, yeah, she had her dams on the express in the first movie, but she was a total badass in this in the Mummy Returns. When you get to learn right. more of her about like some the back history, I mean, she was a badass in the second one, and then to completely get rid of that character and to have more of a wuss. Like, right. I mean, come on. I mean, this is this that and then like then they and then of course they it was they were in China so they had to like get the uh they like they had to get Michelle Yeoh she's so typecast as the uh, as the, the a guide or somebody or whatever they had to get for this but it's just it was bad I didn't see this in theaters I watched it on DVD yeah I I've not yeah. watched this movie since this was just utter garbage yeah I haven't watched it since I've been over to my brother's house watching it on Blu-ray so. <laughs> That's sense of life. I have the like the and that's the only ones I need. <laughs> Same. As a matter of fact, I have the second one on VHS and the first one on VHS, and that's it. I don't oh, even nice. have it on DVD. Um, so mine is actually going to be another Mark Wahlberg movie that came out. It's an M. Night Shyamalan movie that came out in 2008, and the movie is called The Happening. And that's nothing fucking five. happened. <laughs> nothing fucking happened in that fucking movie. No. And the dialogue. Number five. <laughs> okay, I had that. I had that yeah, I have to talk about this dialogue though. Like with Mark Wahlberg yeah. and his wife, he goes, you know, he goes, you know, I was thinking about dating this pharmacist, but I wasn't actually gonna date the pharmacist. And I'm like, okay, where did that come from? And then it was the other scene where he's like when the well this little old lady is and everything is in her house and then she starts backing away from the door and he goes back in ma'am ma'am hello hello this is it was really bad and then john legazamo is in this movie too which is one of my other favorite actors mm -hmm. this movie is just poorly well done poorly executed in night shamanai's worst movie uh since lady in the water <laughs> and everything oh, this we movie, 
he he's got another one that I have on my list for one of his worst movies. I can get into that when we go to discuss twenty ten. I had this okay. movie as my number. Five. I had this movie as my number five worst movie. So one ahead of yours. Again, this was garbage. And that plot twist. Oh, it's in the wind. The wind is the one that's killing everybody. I'm like, what the hell? What's the bad with your bad plot twist? Jeez. Did, did right. you smoke something? Not with this. Oh, let's go to the dictionary. Let me see if I can find a plot twist here. Wind. Perfect. Let's put this in here. Like, Let's put an air elemental into this movie. <laughs> no. I didn't think it. Like, I'm like, right. you're, you're wasting Mark Wahlberg's career. By doing the, if I have it in part of this movie, what did you pay him? What did you have on him to force him to do this movie? I mean, this is bad. I'm like, I'm surprised he didn't say, like, I say hi to your mother for me in this one. I mean, it's just, this movie was garbage. It was terrible. It really is. Dude, um, another thing, too, that I want to mention is the fact that, you know, how you were talking about the wind. Now, some people are saying, well, it's about the environment and about how we as people are killing the environment. So the environment is actually now taking control and killing us. I'm like, that is still a stupid ending. It's still a stupid scenario as to what he wanted to do for a plot twist. And I can do so much better with plot twists. We've seen it before. Perfect example of split. Uh, Unbreakable split. uh, The sixth sense. Those were the three best plot twists in a movie. The village, not the so much. But... No, the unbreakable plot twist. I didn't see that coming. I'm like, whoa, that was cool because I watched uh, Split before I watched Unbreakable. But then I, again, I knew the kind of like the the post credit scene from Split when I read what happened in Split because it didn't look like something I wanted to watch. But I watched Split. I enjoyed it. It was not my usual movie I watched, but I enjoyed it. And then right. I had so much hype going into Glass. And then I got, and then, and then, then class happened. And then I was really disappointed. I was really angry of how he did that. And he came out and defended the way he described that ending for class. And I think he still dude, defends it to this day. He still defends it. Dude, you need to shut up. That was a horrible ending. Yeah. He still defends um, it. But no. Matter of fact, there's actually in one of the news articles recently that was released uh, last week or two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen the movie in its entirety yet to actually say it was a good ending or not. So no, I need to actually check it out. I mean, I thought so, the, I thought the build up to it was great, and then then it then when you when the movie started continuing to progress, I didn't like it. it. Started out great, and then this fell flat for me. But then yeah, it's just me, and I'm not going to go into any it any further. But yeah, the happening is garbage, and lot Shyamalan just needs like that's another one of the, like. He, he, usually they get three strikes and you're out. I think he's got more than three strikes and he should have been out yeah. a long time ago. Remember the Jaden Smith movie? The oh, Shannon After Wilson? Earth? Yeah, After that was Earth. an M.I. Gemini film. They, yeah, I know. I it was that. so bad that, that they actually had to hide his... It got so bad for him that he had, they actually had to hide his name from the movies so that way people would actually <laughs> go out and see the movie because they knew if there was an M.I. Gemini movie... Just as they may not go see it because they've already been fooled enough times. If it wasn't for uh, his most recent hit before Split, which was a horror um, movie, yeah, like which is also family, about the grandmother, I think is like the uh, I forgot the name, but I know you're talking about like the kids are staying yeah. with the grandparents, and the grandparents are all creepy or whatever. That they're yeah. like, here, get in the oven. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was if it wasn't for that small comeback, he would still be on that uh bottom bottom of the totem pole list. Yeah. So okay, so and, and what like do you, you have? Said, right. Um well um my number five, again, we, we were just talking about it. My number five was the happening. I just had that one okay. above yours. Um okay. so you, you can cool. go ahead and list your number five. Okay. Well, that was my number five. So my number four. Oh, okay. Yeah, my number four would be Speed Racer. Oh, okay. And... I haven't seen it. I think I'm I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna watch it at some point. Um, just because I feel like watching it. <laughs> Man, this movie is so awful. But here's okay. the thing: the main character. What made me what sold me to go see this movie? Number one, the Wachowski brothers at the time, which is now the Wachowski sisters, I believe. But. Yeah. They they were the ones who sold me to go see this movie because of the hype with uh, the Matrix movies and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, yeah. a movie that's based off of a cartoon franchise and it's got the Wachowskis doing their thing. And then also, too, you also have uh, the the main actor from Alpha Dog that was in this Emil movie, too. Hirsch. Yeah, I think it was Emil Hirsch. Yeah, that's him. And that was the two things that was working for me to go out and see this movie and support it. And the movie just sucks. The CGI and everything wasn't was really bad. The dialogue was really bad. You could definitely tell the Wachowski spent more money into into the budget with special effects rather than mm -hmm. um, expanding out their characters. Don't get me wrong; I understand Speed Racer isn't supposed to be serious, but at least spend some time with those characters to where we can actually have the characters that we love on the smaller screen in a cartoon format and put that into the adaptation of a big screen format this movie is not that is not the best movie at all whenever you look at animated to movie adaptations scooby the scooby-doo movie with um with freddie prince jr yeah, is a lot heard. better than this movie yeah <laughs> in my opinion i saw that in theaters <laughs> that was an entertaining <laughs> movie um i didn't see this it's on my i think it's still on my hbo max queue to watch i mean i got so much stuff above it i mean i'll get to mm -hmm. it eventually but it's just Again, I'm bored. I'm just trying to find stuff to watch. <laughs> I gotcha. So, what do you have for your number four? Uh, my number four, Jumper. This okay. is garbage. Um, I think it was Hayden Christensen was in this. Um, yep. Samuel yeah, this Jackson. Yeah, again, I don't remember it. I just remember it was garbage. Um, like it said, it's just... I think, and then have his own family member being a person that's attack that's going after him. It was just again, Hayden Christensen needs needs to stop acting. He's terrible. Like, like I would rather watch like if Tommy Wiseau had played Hayden Christensen in this movie, I would have enjoyed it. Like he can do like well, heck, have Tommy Wiseau play Anakin Skywalker and him talk about sand. Because that would be more entertaining than hearing Hayden Christensen speak. He's terrible. Like, I mean, I had to watch another one from one of my film classes. This movie called Shattered Glass. When he, I think he, it was based off the like he was a reporter for like I think some sort of new paper, and all the stories he was coming up were fake stories. Right. And he was a whiny little complainer the whole movie. Him crying. And I'm like. Jeez, is this all you got to offer the world? Just stop acting and just do something else. Because it's just, you're annoying. I mean, you ruined Star Wars. I mean, it just, you're ruining movies. Just, just stop. 
again, I don't remember much what the story on a jumper was. I just remember, oh, 2008. Oh, yeah, the movie stopped. <laughs> well, Joss Whedon was the director for this movie and the writer for oh, this movie. Okay. <laughs> um, that explains everything. <laughs> then, also, too, um, Samuel L. Jackson was in this movie. He was poorly used and everything. He was one dimensional villain in this film, and it was also a PG-13 movie, which is different from what Samuel L. Jackson normally does, because you're expecting some MF bombs, some <laughs> F bombs, oh, and yeah. stuff like that, too. But, you know, it was about this kid who can actually jump from... The, all he has to do is just look at a picture and think about where he wants to go to, and he can jump from state to state or country to country. And Samuel L. Jackson played a guy who was actually capturing other jumpers and everything. And then supposedly his mother was also the one who actually backstabs Peyton Christ uh, Christian's uh, character, like Charlie mentioned. But, you know, I can actually ignore some things and actually enjoy it for what it is. I can actually ignore mm -hmm. the whininess of Hayden Christensen and actually yeah. enjoy something from the movie. Because I like the concept of the fact that you know, you can just look at something and you can actually be there rather than having to travel. So I actually love that aspect. I like the mm -hmm. aspect of someone capturing these jumpers and stuff like that. It's all to me is everything's about execution and how it's actually presented because it can actually look good on a piece of on a page. But it's about how it's being projected out and how it's actually being received as. And to me, that was the most uh, important thing was the delivery and the delivery didn't give me anything. No, yeah. I, I saw this years ago. I don't remember any of it all. I just know he. I yeah. remember hating Christensen, and I hated it. It was just terrible. Like again, I got you. I don't remember anything. And am I going to watch this again? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Uh. Okay. So my number three. It's going to be a Hugh Jackman movie. It's Australia. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you ever see this movie? I have not. I've heard of it. I've not seen it. It's a two and a half hour movie. I fell asleep watching it because of how boring it was. It looked boring. Like it, it was really boring and it was really drawn out for it to be two hours long. I can't even tell mm -hmm. you the plot of it. It's the whole point of the fact that I fell asleep during a Hugh Jackman movie. And I like Hugh Jackman movies, even if it even if it's swordfish, which I find enjoyable. I managed to find something I like so about it. That movie is so badass. You know, it was. You know, but even then, I can find something enjoyable about that film, even if you didn't like that film. With this, yeah. I found nothing in that movie that I liked. Because you know me, I'm all about aspects to a movie that I enjoy yeah. and stuff like that, too. But there was nothing about Australia that I liked. So that's Swordfish. my number three. Swordfish was the first R-rated movie I actually watched with my parents. They oh, let wow. me watch it sometimes. And I watched this movie, and then the one sequence, the uh, this this how nonchalant, like like John Rose was driving the car, and he's like, "Hold on, we got a tail," and he just comes out with the two dual pistols in the car, dude. That movie was just everything about that movie top. was just awesome. It was over the top. It was fun. It was a fun blockbuster. But what I want you to do is, you remember Alan's shirt on the Hangover with the tree, with the palm tree and everything. Uh -huh. Is oh, like, that from The Hangover? I don't remember yeah. that one. Okay, well, if you look at the shirt that Hugh Jackman is wearing, it's basically the okay. same shirt that um, that Alan is wearing from The Hangover. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> so, so I guess it was still the Hanover, but no, Swordfish is just great. I mean, got a great cast. I mean, the this the opening monologue by John Travolta. I mean, he plays a good villain, mm-hmm. and then that's how I learned about Misdirection and, and how that yeah. like, that was a really cool plot twist. And of course, well, hey, bus flying in the air. I mean, what's what's not to enjoy about that? And you got Don Cheadle. Well, I mean, you got War Machine in this. I mean, it's just fantastic movie. There was nothing wrong with it at all. Everybody hate. I don't care. Mm-hmm. This movie, it was great. Okay. It was fantastic, um, dude. Like, yeah, I want to also mention this. I want to mention this one other thing with Swordfish. I love the opening scene where he's actually talking about radar about radar movies. You can't say um, more than one f bomb before it becomes rated yeah. R. Then, of course, you don't realize this whole entire scene is being taken place in a Starbucks. Yeah, and it's like right, at- and it's right before they're about to like. It's like kind of like a brief break. Like and this is the opening brief break, and then they're back doing going back normal, robbing the bank or whatever they're doing. This how they are able to walk this nonchalant from the Starbucks to have a little conversation with Don Cheadle, who I'm surprised didn't arrest both of them. Be going when you go to see the sequence of where it takes place. Again, I thought that how they filmed it. Again, the whole filming, like how everybody about that movie is just 2001. It was great. It was just. Fantastic movie. Um, okay, oh. now I gotta go back to the sucking movies. <laughs> okay, so number, right, my three. number three, the spirit. Um, this was this was bad. Like, I, I, this the, the animation style I was intrigued on because it reminded me of Sin City, which I liked. Sin City, I thought that was cool. So the comic, the the, the picture image of it out, uh, just the overall execution of everything about this movie was bad. Like, I mean, it was just like, I mean, Scarlett Johansson was in it, and she did what she could, but she wasn't a main star. Somebody else was, and it's just, it was bad. I don't remember it. I, I watched it years ago. I just remember it came, I saw it came out, came out in 2008. It's like, oh yeah, I remember this movie sucked. So it was, that's what, it's my number three. It was nothing redeeming about this. I mean, except for the, the, the imagery of it was cool, but the overall execution just fell flat. It should have right. just become the shadow and just disappear. To be honest with you, that's what the first concept I thought of was the shadow mixed in with a Frank uh-huh. Miller vibe of Sin yeah. City. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the first thing, two things that came to my mind was the shadow with Alec Baldwin and also mm-hmm. a combination of Frank Miller. But, yeah. you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to think more comic, I think. Yeah, it was also, it was also a comic as well, graphic novel, yeah. I believe. But so I'm actually going to go in full agreement with you on everything you mentioned because of the fact that I've seen it and only for 15 minutes of the film, I couldn't make it past that and everything. So, you know, I'm just going to say it was a bad movie. But so for now, my number one, it's uh, because I already did my number two, which was Quantum Solace. Yeah. So it goes into my number one. I've actually done a podcast episode for it for movies that make me cringe with Tamika. I know. We I actually did this. We actually it's my number two. All... It's my number two. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. So we, we reviewed all three of these films. It's a saga. It is the Twilight Saga. And not the Twilight movies? Saga, but Twilight, the very first movie. And yeah. this movie this is trash. <laughs> To be honest with you, I was expecting it to be good, you know, because I'm thinking 
it's a vampire movie. I like vampires and stuff like that, right? So not only that, but the person I was dating, I actually had to sneak in her niece to see a PG-13 movie. I asked the guy, why are we, why is this movie, uh, why does she need to have CID? Oh, because of the graphic violent content and stuff like that. I said, it's PG-13. There's no graphic violent content at all. But, so we went in and it was stuck around. Was there? I said, there's nothing graphic about this movie. No. There was no action. The fight sequences yeah. were garbage. And go ahead. I'll, I'll add okay. more to it in a minute. Okay. So, like Charlie was mentioning, the fight scenes were garbage. The CGI was over the top. It was it just sucked with the CGI. There's not and even with vampires are supposed to show their teeth and everything. There's no long uh, teeth or anything like that whenever you look at it and stuff like that. And then the cringy dialogue as well. I know what you are. Say it. You're a vampire. Huh? <laughs> and then and they twist and they sparkle. <laughs> what the <right>. hell? <laughs> also, too, I have to say, the only redeemable thing that I can say that I liked was the baseball scene and that supernova black hole song that they had. Okay. That while they were playing. And that was the only thing I liked about it. And then, of course, I didn't notice this until recently. But when I'm over there, when I'm watching it on TV and everything, the guy has a plastic wolf's head on his head. <laughs> and it's supposed to symbolize that they killed a wolf and it's supposed to be real fur. If you actually look at it from a high definition standpoint, it is plastic as hell. I'm like, you mean to tell me with this budget they had, they couldn't get that guy a real wolf's head or something like that no. to actually make it look realistic? Or he's been CGI mm -hmm. it? It was and this movie is just ridiculous. And then also too, I read the book a little bit. I read the very first book, and after that, I sold the rest of the books. But this movie has very bad dialogue in it. As a matter of fact, this is actually where you would actually get your Fifty Shades of Grey because Fifty Shades of Grey is based off of um, basically fan just fan fiction. Yep. Yeah. So um, hold on, let me get. A, I have a pop figure, and I think this character that I'm about to show pop figure would have made this movie so much better. Okay, so while he does that, I'm just gonna go on ahead and go off the top with this. Okay, here we go. Blade. Blade <laughs> would have made this movie so much better because I've seen so many memes about this. Like in the background is like Bella and and Edward sitting there together hugging each other. And you see Blade with his sword just smirking like he's about to kill them. I'm like, that would have made this movie so much better. Would have only made the movie five minutes because Blade would have shown up and and taken it out. And it's just, this is garbage. This is, like, I mean, I watched this. Like, I watched the first three of them. I didn't care for anything else because I was expecting, I expected, like, oh, I, I mean, like, vampires. I figured, oh, it was a vampire movie. And I figured there'd be some action. No. I'm like, I mean, you didn't get any action. I mean, geez, you can get, like, like, like there is more action in Titanic 2 than there is this movie. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, okay. like, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, back to your meme thing, though, about uh, with Twilight and Blade, there's actually a scene where, um, what's his name? Robert Pattinson's character is actually running through the woods and Blade is behind him and about oh, to nice. kill him. 
Yeah, I, I mean, this like, I mean, this was just bad. And it, and unfortunately, the movies, they only get worse from here. Um, this is just, this was just, like, awful. Like, like again, it's not geared towards us. It's geared towards, uh, like, more, like, young adults books, like, that. Like, they were a big fan of this and that. But it just, it just wasn't for me. However, then again, they could have done a lot better. And then they, they wasted Anna Kendrick in this movie. I mean, she was yeah. one of her Bella's friends, like, or like one of those like new girls that she befriended, and then you don't see her after you don't see her again, and like after maybe the maybe like she's in it, maybe like the third until the third movie, and then after after that she's just like, oh, we don't need you anymore. Well, but, basically, she was in there with the prom and the towards the end of it, and she also her getting the prom dress. Then she was in there for New Moon a little bit. Okay. And she was becoming the uh, adrenaline junkie, and I felt bad for no yeah, one. Like, like, kick punch. <laughs> yeah, like like huh? kick punch. We got to watch this movie. I'm like, who comes up with these titles of these that? And then he's like the adrenaline junkie just to get Edward back. And it's just again, I worked during two of these movies, maybe three. Um, New Moon was horrible to work <laughs> because that movie was just bad. Like like I said, the uh, the amount the how how much money these movies make. And, and, and I'm not surprised on it because it's a popular book, but it's just, it's not for me. And it's just, right. it's just very cringeworthy. Again, like I said, I would have, like, if I, if I can watch the movie, but with Tommy Wazoo doing all the voices, it would have made it so much funny. <laughs> but then again, this was just, this was my number two least favorite movie of this year. And unfortunately, there's something worse than this. <laughs> All right. So, what is there would anything you else say... you need to add for Twilight, or we covered it all pretty much? Okay. So you you're done with your list too, or is there any? No, more? no, no, no. Is there anything else you need to add about Twilight before I go to my number one? No, no, no. Go on ahead. I'm done. Okay. I'm done ranting right. about it. All right. My number one. It's called a Repo. It's genetic opera. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Oh my god. I didn't. I watched this movie out because, like, I heard about this movie again. I didn't pick up at the time when this came out. I didn't pick up as an opera because I just watched the Repo Man with Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker, and that was a great movie. And I figured, oh, okay, cool. I was like, I was, I was affecting something similar to what I was watching with this one. Lord knows, was I wrong on this one? This was awful. Like, did I know that they'd be singing? This whole time in this movie, again, I, I at that time this came out, I didn't think opera meant that. There, I thought it was just they're doing an, a a re, that. I didn't. It wasn't what I expected. The acting was awful. The singing again. I hate musicals. And if anybody's been listening to our last podcast, um, last week I like last week I spoiled uh, uh dancing in the dark for everybody. So you're welcome. Um, if like I said, I hate musicals. I watched this movie. I had a cold. I felt horrible. My dad walked out halfway through it, and I had to. I chucked through to watch the rest of this movie, see if it got any better. It didn't. I mean, it, the acting was bad. The singing was bad. I don't know why. It, the, it, the only reason it was R-rated is because it was like they're doing about repo. Like, and there's like very bad blood squibs or whatever. This was a travesty. This was terrible. Like. I would avoid this movie at all costs. Like, this is not what I expected. Again, 
this was bad and i hate musicals but like i said if you want a better repo movie watch repo men <laughs> okay and you know one of my friends recently told me to watch that movie but i didn't get around mm -hmm. to watching it yet but i know what i was no. expecting because i watched the trailer so since i already know what i was expecting i know that it's going to be singing but i'm going to watch it for myself and see what it what it's like yeah. so yeah, I didn't watch the trailer before I watched this movie. Again, I watched Repo Men and then then went into from Repo oh. Men to watch this. And it or knows was I wrong? What I expect? And oh, <laughs> Paris Hilton's in this movie, right? Alrighty, yeah, so I think that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. Um, some other movies I didn't have in my list. I wrote as dishonorable mentions. Um, I had this movie in Bruges, which I think it had that Brendan Gleeson and. Colin Farrell, again, I, I thought it'd be a lot of action in it. It isn't. It was boring. Um, 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 another one I had, I had Righteous Kill. This was the Robert De Niro, Al Pacino cop movie. Um, um, again, I expected more because these two guys together for the first time since Heat, I figured it'd be something cool. The trailer is very misleading what this movie actually is about. <laughs> Okay. And then the other dishonorable mention I had is unfortunately another Keanu Reeves movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Oh yeah, that movie was a snore fest. Yeah, I watched that not too long ago. It was bad. The the kid, Jennifer Connelly's kid was the the, the annoying I think it was Jane Smith. Yeah, I think that was Jane Smith was in this movie and it was bad. It was just like I, I didn't I couldn't put it in my worst movie list. I had to come up with a not dishonorable mention list. Um, there's a lot of other movies that came out in 2008. I didn't have on this list. Um, I didn't have Transporter Three on this list, which isn't, which was a decent at this day from movie. Um, I was a little disappointed in it a little bit because I expected a lot, like, a lot more fight sequences in it, sort of. Because Transporter Two was awesome. Um, but then again, it's still entertaining nonetheless. Because I mean, Statham's the Statham. Um. But again, there's a lot of other movies that came out in 08. I think Hancock came out in 08. Yep, Hancock did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much everything that we have from our list and everything. Yeah. If there's anything that you think that we need to cover or whatever, comment below and everything. We'll try and cover it on our next show. So that way, if, like, if you liked Hancock, tell us that you liked Hancock, and we'll talk about Hancock for a few minutes before our segment yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. So if you feel free to go on ahead and do that, just go on ahead, jump on in after the show and do that. But further ado, I'm just going to close us out. And, guys, I'm actually going to be having a show on Monday probably, so stay tuned for that. On Tuesday, I actually have – Jennifer uh, Brofer actually joining me at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. And well, I'm going to be doing a one-on-one -on -one interview for her. She's an independent actress, actor, producer, and former uh, veteran uh, vet for the Marines. And so that's who I'm going to have on the show on Tuesday. And then after that, we're just going to have to be a surprise and see what else I have in store for you guys. But anyways, if you guys want to, you guys don't have to. If you want to show some generosity towards us, go on ahead and do so by going to the GoFundMe page below. Another thing, too, guys, if you guys want to go on ahead and go into your all your entertainment needs and wants, just go to www.movielovesunite.com for all your entertainment needs and wants. We're actually writing up some movie articles. We're running down some movie reviews and stuff like that in that uh, movie website as well. 
Another thing, too, is if you guys want to go on ahead, follow me on Twitter. How do you do that? Just go on ahead and go to Movie Lovers Unit, or you can go on ahead and follow me at John DeGorio8. Then, of course, we also have a Pinterest page called Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite, and we also have an Instagram page called Movie Lovers TV, TV Lovers Unite, and also on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite. And that's pretty much everywhere that you can actually reach us. And once again, guys, if you guys want 75% off, just go on ahead. Go use that promo code that I mentioned. Matter of fact, I'll have this in the uh, into the show notes and everything later on where I actually edit that out. So go on ahead, get yourself some NBA gear. And always until next time, guys, bye-bye. See ya. Hey guys, John here. I just want to talk about something for a minute. We actually have a Patreon up right now in full swing and that is our five dollar a month plan it's called movie lovers classics it covers bonus episodes reviewing classic movies like you're about to listen to right now with the uh little caesar review that we just did early access to episodes monthly newsletters shout outs on the main uh, feed early access to episodes and then we also have all access documentary series review which is ten dollars a month and that includes bonus episodes eli roth's history of horror early access to episodes monthly newsletters free digital movies shout outs on the main feed as well and then that also includes our classic uh, movie reviews as well and then our twenty dollar a month plan is our vip movie lover and that also includes bonus episodes classic movie reviews interviews with independent actors actresses directors and comic book writers and it also includes movie lovers documentaries and early access to episodes monthly newsletters free digital movies and shout outs on the main feed as well go on ahead subscribe to the patreon we hope that we'll see you there and always until next time guys bye bye